do you have 90% of your network who could buy from you, partner with you, and you could open doors for one another? And I know the answer is simply no. For most people, they're lucky if probably 40% would be of that factor. And that's just simply because we don't have a plan to how are we growing our networks with perfect people. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, today's episode is all about referrals. And we all love getting them. It validates a good job we've done, it generally makes the sale easier, and it doesn't appear to take much work to get them. Well, that is if you're just being passive and waiting for them to come to you. Unfortunately, that tends to be what most businesses do to get referrals. And sure, you might get a few, but they're unlikely to be consistent or predictable. So just think what it would be like if you could get, say, 10 to 15 quality referrals every month predictably. Now, that's not a pipe dream, but there is a catch. You can't get 10 to 15 referrals a month without multiple referral sources or simply relying on past clients. It's pure maths, really. The more people you have to pass your referrals, the more referrals you're likely to get. So what's your plan to build your referral sources? Now, don't worry if you don't have one. My guest today is the number one authority on referral marketing training around the globe. And I mean that literally as I'm talking to him from London while he's in Australia. And having created seven businesses and sold six of them in the past decade, this guy is an expert on how to build referral teams, use your network more effectively and get partners to fill your sales pipeline for you. And today he helps his clients build their own million dollar referral system, as well as practicing what he preaches himself, generating over 135 leads a day for his own business without paying a cent or penny if you're a pom like me on marketing. And honestly, who who wouldn't want to know how to do that? So check out his step by step guide on how to build that uh, million dollar referral system at michaelgriffiths.com.au slash guide. And I've probably just given away his name there so i am delighted and excited to welcome all the way from australia michael griffiths to the client catching podcast how you doing michael doing fantastic adam thank you so much for having us on absolute pleasure to be with you guys and and all the listeners absolute pleasure as well to have you here as well so you're in um you're in australia at the moment you're uh you're not where you normally are you're you're somewhere else you're traveling that's right yes uh but but close enough just up north from from Sydney in the next state. So still in the same time zone, which is really nice. Um, August was a very heavy traveling month with trips sort of to three different continents. So it's just nice to be in the one the one place for the month of September. So where, where have you been? What Which continents have you been on? Yeah, we had uh, New Zealand, then we had parts of Asia, and then we had the US. So nice to, to feed on the ground. And that's all, uh, is that all been business or has it been pleasure or how yeah I, I suppose i'm lucky enough that i always put pleasure around business so travels will always take me there for business but we'll always spend time either side making sure that we get to 
create experiences and get to see different parts of, of the world. So it's a nice position to be in. Have you, have you made it over to London recently? Uh, not recently. I reckon we're about 12 months ago. So we ran some things over in uh, Brighton and then also did some things up in, in London itself. But it's been a good 12 months. And I have this simple rule of trying to follow summer and your summer still isn't even close to our winter. So I find it really hard to follow that rule and get over to the UK. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lottery whether you get it or not here, isn't it? So um, yeah, I completely, I mean, as as we spoke before, I uh, I spent a long time, uh, a year living in Australia effectively back in my youth. So um, yeah, the sun is, is, is a wonderful thing that you uh, you guys have over there and we don't as much. So uh, Michael, you're... You've got quite an interesting um, backstory in that you didn't start in business. You were a teacher, is that right? Yeah, spot on. So um, primary school teacher, which allowed me to coach basketball. So elite level basketball as a, as a coach was always where I thought I was going to end up and, and be. And being able to be a teacher allowed me to run practice in the morning and then sort of teach nine to three and then run practice in the in the afternoon and have your weekends free for, for games and so forth. So it sort of fits it in with coaching basketball and having the pleasure of sort of coaching at, at uh, national league level, or state level, national league level, uh, been to two Olympic games as an assistant coach, collegiate level in the US. That's what I always thought my world would be. Um, got lazy, uh, got tired of the lazy teachers and having to do things that turn up to staff meetings and filling paperwork and it just got ridiculous that it just wasn't fun anymore. So I remember just sitting there one day and going, okay, well, you're either going to put up with this for the next 40 years or go do something else. And that was the catalyst to go, hey, it's time to go do something else. And that was the start of going into into serious business because beforehand we'd always have had things on the side and dabbled in this and dabbled in that, but it was time to take the safety net away and actually go and create something and make it work you haven't now just done that once you've done that seven times spot on yeah so pretty much the previous six all were there was a gap there was a need i fell into it in some way and then fell out of it in some way other never planned to sell any of them um but things just continued to sort of happen so we had a tutoring business because that's what every teacher does when they want to leave teaching they create a tutoring business so uh, within a space of seven, eight months, we had built up 480 families that 180 tutors would see every single week. So that got bought by, by a large group. Uh, went into um, our anti-aging health product. Then we went into skincare and makeup products. Then we went into uh, jigsaws, jig, jigsaw and toys. Then we went into a marketing agency. So we've had a range of different things. And as I said, everything pretty much, there was a gap and a need that we could just do a good job with where this is the thing which it's me naturally. Uh, love helping people connect, love helping people be able to leverage, love people being able to yeah, just be really successful in business without having to spend lots of money on marketing. And that's probably why I needed to get out of the marketing agency side of things because there's just better ways people don't have to spend money on marketing when they just know how to do it and that's where my excitement and thrill is that 
can wake up at 5 a.m. every morning without an alarm, just ready to go for the day and, and the opportunities that the day sort of holds for itself. Do you find that there is a bit of a misconception around the term sort of marketing in that people think they have to spend a lot of money on marketing, whereas actually what they're really referring to is advertising? Yeah, 100%. Um, I was just running a training sort of earlier today, my time, around um, three segments to marketing. And, and I go, most people think marketing is let's run Facebook ads or let's do SEO or let's do pay-per-click or let's go to a networking event or let's do radio or TV or etc. That's not marketing. That's a marketing channel. So whatever the next widget algorithm shiny thing is you can keep following that to your heart's content but unless you've actually got other foundations and that's where we talk about sort of the three segments to marketing where you're constantly building an audience of people who have the pain point and are looking for a solution if you're then in the middle of funnel educating that audience and showing them why you're the expert nurturing staying front of mind and then at the bottom of the funnel you're needing to get people to raise their hands top, middle, bottom, three segments to marketing. It's got nothing to do with a channel. It's got to do with having the right sort of structure and system that in the end your marketing will work from start to finish rather than just going, let's throw money at something and hope that we get some people who might be interested in what it is that we sell. And yet surely with all these fancy tactics and shiny things and objects that are going around and you can just click a button and clients or, or, or business comes your way. That just sounds a bit complicated, doesn't it? Yeah, most definitely. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being ironic on purpose because I, I, I don't like the way that, yeah, marketing sometimes is perceived as that push button. Um, you just have to do this um, on whatever social platform or whatever shiny new idea is coming out at that particular time and uh, you know you're one funnel away or whatever it is I know that's something that Russell Brunson preaches and, and I think what he does is great I just think there's a little bit uh, a little bit missing in that uh, in that statement so thinking about that and with so many options around to market your business why is it the referrals is a thing that you focus on I suppose in the end if someone didn't have any money to spend on um, any of the traditional platforms they don't need to so that's one thing that excites me, that anyone can do it. A little bit of time, a little bit of energy, a little bit of know-how, a little bit of effort, and you don't have to have budgets of 1000 2000 5000 $10,000 a month to be able to grow a business. So that's always excited me that we can help just about everybody create an impact without having to worry about how much money do they have. The other thing is for, as, as just about, I think we all know in business, that referrals generally will convert referrals at a higher percentage because they come from a transfer of credibility. They're warm, they're more qualified, and therefore they're easier to be able to close. So therefore you can be absolutely hopeless at sales and you can still grow your business because you're going off the back of someone else's credibility. And in the end, I, I really believe, and I was talking to somebody the other day around this, that as humans, we actually like to help one another. We actually like to be able to do something good for somebody else, not needing anything back in return. And when you sort of understand that that is sort of a driver for most people in society, 
Well, it's just a matter of then how do you plug into that to allow people to feel good by helping you. And I think a lot of times, because we have come across, uh, yeah, I think we've all had the experience of being asked awkwardly or a salesperson pushing things that we sort of get a little bit confused to, well, what is a referral? How do we ask for it? How do we not be pushy? I really don't feel like I want to impose on people. So we get all of these things going through our head and that's what tends to stop us from really being able to grow a business on referrals because we don't want to put someone else out or we don't want to impose on someone else or we feel like we're taking rather than giving. And they're all great natural things to think, but we've also got to come back and under realize the underlying factor is as humans, we'd love to be able to help somebody else out. Well, we're social animals, aren't we? We yeah. are social animals and, and we actually have a, a, a biological need to connect. I like the way that you sort of put referrals there in, in that it's about generating warm people, warm um, introductions. There's implied authority within with a referral and all that kind of thing. And it's, if you can't, I mean, it's one of the things, if you can't generate clients from that, then anything that you then go and do with advertising and all that sort of thing is you're going to, you're simply showing that the offer that you have doesn't work or that you are not referable or those sorts of things. So should we start thinking about, there are some misconceptions around referrals and, and maybe there's even a, an argument that the term referral doesn't truly encompass everything that you teach. It's, it's the word that everybody knows, but really you go much, much deeper than what people would term as a referral. So do you want to sort of define your definition and then talk about maybe some of the misconceptions that people have around the term referral? Yeah, certainly. So to me, whenever someone has come to you, and whether that's they fill in the form with their name or email or you get past their details or you're connected to them, but whenever someone has come to you on the back of somebody else. So for example, here, we do this podcast. And you've already kindly uh, suggested, hey, if you want to find out more, go to this particular link and grab a guide. So we could promote that guide through SEO, through pay-per-click, through Facebook ads, to cold traffic. They don't know us. They don't like us. Who is that person? So it is so far down the line in terms of can I trust that person compared to you have a network, you have listeners, you have people who love being around you and we're lucky enough to be able to come on the back of your credibility. So anyone who then gets that guide isn't coming in cold, they're coming in because A, Adam suggested it and B, we've had the pleasure of listening a little bit to Michael and hey, we actually don't mind the things that are being said so I wouldn't mind going and checking that out. So to me, anything that is warm, qualified on the back of someone else's credibility fits under that referral umbrella rather than it just simply being, well, Adam, I know this person who needs help to do X, Y, Z. I suggested that you'd be able to help. Here's their name and number. Can you give them a call? Yes, that is a type of referral. But if you only go after that type of referral, that's going to be fair, very few in between. And there's probably no way you can grow a business with just that type of a referral. 
So to me, we've got to broaden it, but we've still got to keep the essence of we've got to have warm, qualified transfer of credibility. Really, you're being introduced to someone else through someone else. There just might be other ways that that happens before they come into the realm of, hey, I actually really need what it is that you do. Can you please help me? And and that opens up so many more options and opportunities than maybe what a lot of people consider referral. And that is, well, I, do, I did good work for a client and he or she recommended me to somebody else. That happens. It does. And the, I, I guess the first uh, rule of, of referrals is you have to have something that's referable. You have to provide a... Uh, a dream come true experience and actually help the client in the way that they've not only expected, but you may even, you know, over deliver and, and, and give them that kind of thing. So you have to, first of all, have something that's referable. A lot of people then just simply don't ask and they wait passively for that referral to come. So I'm guessing one of the first things you could do more of is simply ask or remind or something like that. But is there a way that you you, you advise people if they're just thinking about the clients, how to encourage more referrals from your existing clients? Yeah, so so what we talk about, so we've got these sort of nine accelerators that, that we talk about and are in that guide. So accelerator three is systemized client referrals. I think the the one of the hardest things for people to be able to do is to have a conversation with their client that goes something like this. You know how we did X, Y, Z for you do you happen to know anyone else that might need that thing? And would you mind telling them about us or giving me their name and number? We hate doing that. And I reckon there's about 1% of the population who could actually do that and feel okay about it. Everyone else just can't stand it. It's awkward. They don't want to be in that position. They don't want to put their client in that position. Therefore, they don't do it. So instead, what we talk about then is, well, maybe there's something such as a guide or a checklist, something of value that your client could share with the people they had around them. And then that would make your client feel good because they're adding value to their friends, family, networks, whoever it happens to be. It still brings you people who have that pain point looking for a solution because they wouldn't get it unless they had the pain point and were looking for a solution. And it just makes the whole thing more seamless and a lot easier to do so for example with our clients we'll talk to our clients all the time and we'll firstly say so is there anything we can do to help you right now ask before taking uh, most of the time they'll say no in fact we're actually real good but what can i do to help you law of reciprocity someone will always ask that back to you 99 percent of the time so oh would you mind promoting a nine point referral game plan out to your network or putting it up on your social. So straight away now, our clients indirectly, without feeling strange, without feeling awkward, without having to have that strange little conversation, are bringing people from their networks, people that they know back to us, simply because they're sharing something that is valuable to their networks and therefore they feel they're doing something of value to their networks also and at the same time being able to help us. So to me, that's a better way to be able to systemize client referrals rather than try to have that conversation or trying to ask, just simply going, oh, do you know anyone who happens to need what it is that we do 
um, can you please pass me on their details? You know, it's like when, well, I don't know about you, maybe uh, maybe you find this easier, but when, when somebody says to me, tell me a joke, well, number one, <laughs> if you listen to my wife, she just tells me I'm not funny. And number two, I just can't remember any jokes. When it comes to somebody saying, do you know someone who may well benefit from the service that we offer? When you say someone could benefit from what we offer, it's so unspecific that you go, uh, not really. And so that's a really ineffective way. But what you've just described there is a far more effective way because the title of the guide is incredibly specific. It will only be appealing to the, the type of people that you would want to work with as clients. So therefore, they know that the only people that may well have the interest in that are going to be the right kind of people for you. And it also removes a lot of that social risk that we spoke about you know, at the beginning with that social animals, but there is social risk inherent in passing referrals because doing it the old way, as you've described there, it's really what you're saying is, do you know anyone that I can pick up the phone and have a sales conversation with? And nobody wants that because if that happens, you'd call your mate up and go, well, what did you do that for? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. So yeah, I think that's a fantastic way of, of doing it. It's about knowing your ideal client, having something of value to offer and just simply saying, hey, if if you know, or, you know, would you mind sharing this because it's, you know, it's getting valuable feedback and it's really helping a lot of people. And, and then that's how people then come into your world and uh, and get to know you and like you and trust you a bit more. And because it's come through that, you know, it's not an advertisement, it's a social share or it's a direct, hey, take a look at this. There's that implied authority and um, trust in, in involved. So I really want to get a little bit deeper into this referral system, the million dollar referral system. So we're just going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back and really pick your brains on how this, uh, how, how some of the details work. So we'll be back in one minute. Hey, this is Adam and thanks very much for listening to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, as you're here, I'm assuming that you're looking for ideas to help you win your clients and grow your business. Otherwise, you'd probably be looking, listening to a different podcast, right? So look, while everything that my guests and I talk about can work if they're done properly, there are some growth strategies that are meant for different businesses at different stages of growth. So they're not necessarily all suitable for everyone. Problem is, like, how do you know which ones to use for your business? Well, that's why I've created the Business Growth Stage Scorecard at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard. This will measure you against three key accelerators of growth and identify the solutions and action steps that you can take specific for the stage that you're in right now. So all you need to do is answer a few simple multiple choice questions that will take you less than four minutes to do. So go to thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard and discover the right growth strategies for your specific stage of business. And by the way, this isn't one of those things where you go through only to find at the end you've got to put in your email address to get the results. None of that. So, you know, you can get your results straight onto the next page without having to do that. So make sure you go and check it out at thinklikeafish.co.uk slash growth scorecard. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, so welcome back. We're talking to Michael Griffiths uh, about well, everything about referrals. So, Michael, why don't you just explain a little bit about the the process and the system that you use to really help people generate those 10, 15 referrals per week? Yeah, great. So there are three key areas that we focus on and each key area then has three accelerators, which make up nine accelerators that we sort of work through with our partnership club guys. So there's uh, referrals, 
are networks and partnerships. They're the three key things that we focus on. How do we get more referrals? How do we use our networks more effectively? And how do we create and leverage through partnerships? So around the referral circle, the three key things that we want to sort of be able to yeah, systemize, create processes and structure around is the first one, build referral sources. So a referral source is just simply someone who sells to the same people you sell to and you don't compete with one another. They can be a referral source. So the other way that I get people to think about it is, where else does your customer, your client spend money? Because everywhere else they spend money that's not doing the same thing that you're doing is a potential referral source. So you might go, for example, let's just go for example that, um, I don't know, a HR consultant. Okay, so the HR consultant works with small businesses. So a HR consultant could go, okay, where else are my small business clients spending money? So they're spending money with a, a web developer. They're spending money with an IT person. They're spending money with um, an attorney. They're spending money with a bookkeeper, with an accountant, with a marketing person. They're spending money with this type of software. They're going to these particular conferences, trade shows, reading these particular publications. All of those are potential referral sources. So by building referral sources, you can then create opportunities with one another, promote one another, share networks with one another, and obviously generate a transfer of credibility to get more warm, qualified people around you. The second one is create joint ventures. So when we talk about joint ventures, we talk about how do you create something that every time this person that you're doing the joint venture with, every time they get a client, you get a prospect. So as an example, um, he, he's one that we have at the moment. So there's a group over in uh, Vancouver, up in Canada. So they teach people how to um, run webinars or pretty much do their own online course with a webinar. So every time they get a client, they also receive a little online course of ours for free. It's a gift. So they're getting a client, we're getting a prospect. So when you create joint ventures, you've got to think about how can you team up with other types of organizations, associations, places, people, where every time they get a client, you get a prospect. Another one, when while I'm on the road right now to be able to speak at tomorrow, is there's a particular networking group here in Australia. And they've got places all over the country. Every time they get a new member to their networking group, that new member is gifted one of our online programs. So we're instantly shared all to them. They get something in their little welcome gift pack from us. So every time they get a client, we get a prospect. That is something that I hear very, very, very few people speak about, let alone consider that they, that is something that they could do. And it, it's it's such a smart thing to do because you're, you're adding value, not just to the partner that you're working with, you're adding value to their client and you are collectively increasing the credibility that just goes around with everything because you're helping your partner's client realize that that business, they're not just interested in helping you do the thing that they do. They are seeing that the client is on a journey and that 
this bit that they do helps in this particular area. But we're more concerned in, in, in the bigger picture and helping you grow or whatever it is that you do. And by the way, these are the kind of businesses that we also work with. So you're, you're saving them so much time, energy, effort, potentially wasting money by simply offering that extra bit of course or that bit of training that goes along with it. And it's it's almost brilliant in its simplicity. And I'm so surprised that I've, I've not heard more people talk about doing that. Unfortunately, Adam, there's one thing I do say all the time. I'm no rocket scientist, but I take really easy things and put structure and process around them and then force our people to do them. And that's unfortunately where my genius is. Oh, that's, that's the teaching background there as well. I'm sure, you know, you've had to <laughs> maybe maybe working with entrepreneurs isn't too dissimilar to working with primary school kids. I don't know. <laughs> no, nah, I reckon the kids are easier most of the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so the third accelerator there. So first one, build referral sources. Second one, create joint ventures. Third one, systemize client referrals. And we touched on that before the break. So they're the three key things around how you can get more referrals by transfer of credibility and simply by um, yeah, using those particular three accelerators. Can I just confirm uh, for anyone listening, the, the referral sources, are you, are you saying these are people that you have, a, have as a source and you're, you're doing what we discussed earlier and that's sharing the resources or are these referral sources that you literally have somebody send you somebody that's, that's warm and ready to work with you? Yeah, well, they'll send, it could happen either way. So to me, if, if you're finding ways to be able to promote, share, help one another, well, your relationship will continue to be solid and, and people will see good things happening that as soon as what I call the fall on your lap referral, where someone says, I need an X, Y, Z, and they go, oh, great, go and use so-and-so, that will naturally happen. But if we just wait for those, we could be waiting for goodness knows how long. So that's why we've got to be doing other things as well to make sure that there's always good opportunity being created week in, week out, month in, month out, rather than just waiting for those things that fall on our lap. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so second circle, using our networks perfectly. Um, we all have networks. We just, we've got so much money sitting on the table because we just don't, um, utilize our networks anywhere near to the extent that we should. So the first accelerator there with the fourth overall, grow with perfect people. So when I go, who's in your network? Well, it's everyone that's on your social media platforms. It's everyone in your CRM. It's everyone in your phone. It's everyone you've got a business card for. Friends, family, staff, distributors, uh, clients, past clients, prospects. They're all part of your network. Everyone you know is part of your network. So your network should have 90% made up of people who can buy from you, partner with you, and you can open doors for one another. And the remaining 10% of your network should be your support network, who you go to if you're in a crisis. So if I was to go to your listeners, if you were to think of your network, all the people who are around you right now, do you have 90% of your network who could buy from you, partner with you, and you could open doors for one another? And I know the answer is simply no. For most people, they're lucky if probably 40% would be of that factor. And that's just simply because we don't have a plan to how are we growing our networks with perfect people. 
Who do we want in our networks? So for us, for example, we don't do very much with real estate agents. So there's no point in me having a real estate agent in our network. They can't buy it from us because we don't want them. We can't partner with them because we don't want to. We don't open doors for one another. They're not part of my support network. So therefore, why are they there? So we've got to move from the mentality of, oh, I've got a thousand people on my LinkedIn, who cares, to grow your networks with perfect people. Because when you've got the right people in your network, the next accelerator, maintain engagement. It's fun to engage with your network. Nothing great can happen unless you are front of mind and engaging with your network. It takes 45 days for your network to forget you. So if you're not staying front of mind, if you're not engaging with your network, what are you hoping is going to happen? That they're going to magically talk about you? That they're going to one day just wake up and remember you? No. Everyone's life is just so full on being pulled in every different direction that you have to engage with your network. So therefore, you need the people in your network that you want to engage with. So Accelerator 5 and, and the second one within the network circle is maintain engagement. And, and what sort of things do you do to, to maintain that engagement? Is it as simple as picking up the phone sometimes um, to, you know, to absolute simplicity to... Um... I'm going to make it even easier for you. So even easier, like, comment, share on their social media posts, invite people to things, connect one person with another person in your network announce, promote. In other words, do things that make them feel warm and fuzzy. That's how you stay front of mind and how you engage with your network. So just simply go, what can I do that makes somebody feel warm and fuzzy? So how did we circle back around to eventually get this organized? We engaged. Yeah, exactly. There was, a, there was an outreach, hey, seeing how you are. Because I think when we first connected, it was just after I'd had my daughter, my, my second daughter. And that meant that there was a big period of, of just being uh, obviously a little bit uh, disengaged with a lot of different communities and, and, and areas of my life. And that little note, damn, yeah, I've, I've not, been, uh, not been connecting with, uh, with Michael very much. And I just said, hey, like, let's, let's, let's have this podcast uh, interview. And it's a, it's a great way to, to, to truly connect and uh, add some value to yeah. both of our networks. So, yeah, it, it is an example of how simple it can be because it was like a sentence and it's led to this. Spot on. And that was just simply a message. I don't even know what the message will have been because it's the message of our, of our time right now. It would have gone, Adam, exclamation, exclamation mark. Just uh, not many people start with just shouting out your name at you. Uh, hope, you're, hope you're having an amazing week love to know how things are going and that's it yeah it was it was something along that yep so by doing those sorts of things that's what we accelerate a six start conversations if you're engaging with your network you're staying front of mind of your network then it becomes really easy to create conversations with your networks and if you're not speaking with your networks nothing can happen i wake up every day to a simple quote on my notes conversations equals opportunities you cannot create an opportunity to partner you cannot create an opportunity to sell you cannot create an opportunity to collaborate you cannot create an opportunity to do anything unless there is a conversation 
So if you're not out there creating conversations with people in your network, then you are leaving so much money on the table. I look at my messenger at the end of the day, and we've had a hundred plus conversations every single day through just messenger alone on Facebook, let alone what we've done on Instagram and what we've done on LinkedIn, because we value engaging with our networks. And it's why we get so many opportunities because simply we've got so many conversations happening. It's not rocket science. I'm, I'm, I'm completely in, in agreement because I, I, I say that really the goal of any good marketing, whether it's referrals, whether it's, um, you know, even, even partly advertising, all that, you know, the things that go into the marketing, it's there to start and continue conversations. Because until you have a conversation, there's no opportunity to do any kind of business or uh, partnership or anything like that. And, and I use the term conversational relationship marketing because that's, that's what I think really explains how to market in today's crazy, over-complex, overwhelming, technology-fueled um, world yeah. that we live in. And, and it, it's that overwhelm. And that's why I love the referral angle that you use. And yeah, just, just saying about that, it's just about starting conversations because it doesn't ha nothing happens without a conversation. Yeah, so true. So around that network circle, they're the three key things. Grow with your networks with the right people. Engage with your network so you stay front of mind so they can actually talk about you, open doors for you, create opportunities for you, and create conversations with your networks because that's how you build referral sources. That's how you create joint ventures. That's how you get your nine-point referral game plan promoted, whatever that is in your world. None of that can happen unless you create conversations and find ways to collaborate and help one another. So that's why that circle becomes so important. So then we're over to the partnership circle and the last three accelerators. So the first one is leverage access. Right now, there is an association, there is a club, there is an organization, there is a place that all your people pan out. That's where you've got to go. Where do your people all exist at once? Like getting referrals, five, 10, 15, 20 a month, that's nice. But imagine if you got an opportunity to be in front of a thousand people all at once. You got an opportunity to be in front of 5,000, 10,000, 50,000 all at once. Sure, you're going to have some other problems if things go your way, but they're good problems to have to deal with. So when I look at every business we've had, we've always, this is always why we've grown so fast because we've gone uh, with the tutoring company. We, we found a netball association that had some four and a half thousand um, families. They put something into their newsletter. We picked up 470 um, families in the space of two weeks. That's how we went from two people to 480. The marketing agency, we uh, complete luck how it happened, but sometimes you've got to be in the right place at the right time, but you've got to be talking. That's how it happened. And we had Amex business card uh, for Oceana. And they said, oh, can you run a webinar on social media, which was brand new back in 2010. I went, sure. We had 7,200 people turn up on the webinar and we picked up close to 4,000 clients in 90 days. Leveraged into associations, clubs, organizations where all your people hang out. It is a huge opportunity. 
through partnerships, we need to fill our CRM. So you've got to constantly have organizations, places that can promote your lead magnet, your guide, your tool, as we call it. So that way, then you are constantly filling your CRM. It amazes me how people do not focus on filling their CRM with prospects every single day. It has to be the number one focus. In fact, it should be the only thing you focus on is how are you putting people into your CRM every single day? And the easier way to do that is not one by one by one, but through, um, through, yeah, through partnerships. Gain mass exposure is the last accelerator there. How could you be on other people's podcasts, webinars, speak? How could you write and be in publications where you can, again, be in front of 50, 100, 500, 1,000 people at once rather than just simply one by one by one? So the partnership circle is really just next level. It's about how do you do things en masse rather than do things just gradually. Um, that's quite scary for some people. Yeah, and it's it's the leverage piece and it's a scary piece because, you know, maybe maybe it's just, say, you running the business and, and it's like, well, who am I to go and approach this behemoth of an association or, you know, uh, whatever it is that's got this audience? Whereas actually, if you approach it in the way that you've described as well, it's like you approach it as, I'm, I'm coming and approaching you to add value to your association members or your network or, or whatever that may well be. And whether... You know, whether that association or that person sees that and, and sort of goes, yeah, that makes complete sense, or they don't, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and people don't just assume that you know their driver. Go in with, let's just simply see whether we can collaborate, whether we can help. Some people's drivers are just simply, I'd love for you to make me look good by sharing some great content. Other people's drivers are, I'd love for you to get us clients so we can get you clients. Other people's drivers are financial. You don't know someone's driver and therefore you've just sort of simply got to ask and have a conversation. And then when you understand one another's drivers, you'll make a decision. Do you want to do this or not? But don't sort of make that decision before even having the conversation. And then it then it becomes working the system, as you say. And the number one priority is getting people into the uh, into the CRM and the nurture and the follow up that goes within that CRM. How, how do you how do you operate that part of it? Yeah, perfect. And and that sort of it goes into a lot more detail into that in that guide, which you've given the the link to um, also. So sort of the the accelerators are all part of our channels the partner channel the network channel the social channel the live and leverage channel the retargeting channel that then drives people through the tool into our crm and that's all about building an audience that's top of funnel build an audience so then you've got middle of funnel now we've got to educate nurture stay front of mind show our expertise so there's a whole bunch of stuff that's got to get done in there so things such as our daily social content plans, things such as our value emails, things such as our personal engagement plan, front of mind plan, social conversation plan, monthly training plan, the, the list goes on. But there's no point educating nobody. So you've got to have an audience to start with. So then you've got people who you can educate. Then once you educate, you've got to constantly just be asking your audience, would they like help? So at the bottom of the funnel, it's about getting people to raise their hands. So you've got three types of people, red people, I'm not ready yet, 
Yellow people, I'm sort of ready with a couple of questions or obstacles. Green people, let's go. Okay, so, but unless you're constantly asking, would you like help? You don't know who your green people are. They're sitting there going, well, what do I do next? And you're sitting there going, I hope they phone me or pick or send me an email. And nobody does anything. And I love the way that you term that as well in that you're not asking somebody to buy something. You're saying, do you need some help? Yeah. If you need some help, let's have a chat. Correct. Because we don't even know if we can help you. So the first part is we've got to ask whether you need some help and you've got to say, yes, I do. Then we've actually got to work out, is there something that we can actually do to help? So I think, and I was talking about this on our training today, uh, people think by you asking that that's sales. It's not, we're not even up to sales yet. Sales comes after you actually realize that you can help and they realize that you actually are the solution to their problem. That's when sales kicks in. But at the bottom of the funnel, you've just got to get people raising their hand saying, yes, I'd like some help. Can we see whether you actually have something that can help me or not? And then after that, that's when sales can begin. If you, if you did it the other way around, it, it, it wouldn't work. You, could, you wouldn't necessarily be able to start with just simply asking someone, do you, I, this is what I do, do you need help? Because you, they haven't gone through that process of no like trust, understood what you do, been educated and, and see your expertise and your value. And that may well burn the bridge at the very beginning. No, I don't need help. You know, I'm, 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 I'm on my guard. Whereas yeah. the process that you've described, it helps people to become familiar and know or understand that, yes, actually, this guy can help me. So I'm just going to have a conversation to see exactly what that could look like. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so there's your, there's your three segments, but we focus a lot there on building an audience because if you don't have an audience and you're, you're not having people who you can then educate, everything falls over. So that's why the nine accelerators to build an audience become so important. And yeah, if what Michael has said is resonating with you, then definitely, definitely go and get the guide, michaelgriffiths.com.au slash guide. And Michael practices what, he's, what he preaches. So you'll actually start to see this in, in action. You'll, you'll start receiving some of the emails. You'll, you'll be asked these sort of questions. I know that you also have other, other trainings available that you can also re really deep dive. And, and Michael is so generous and, and the things that he gives out that you can really see how it all fits together and works. And then when you are convinced, because you will be convinced when you go through the stuff that Michael, Michael uh, shares with you, then you'll want to have a chat with him to see exactly how he can help you. Because it, you know, what Michael does is, is truly, truly inspirational and fantastic. And it actually, it, it gets results. So if you are sort of, you know, sitting there thinking, right, my, my business is, is needing some more clients or I'm a bit up and down or anything like that, Michael's your man to actually go and have a, a conversation with, or at least get into his uh, his pond, and uh, yeah, just just check out some of the stuff he does. So, um, Michael, I am so grateful for you being here. It's been a fantastic conversation, and um, I'm sure everyone that's been listening has uh, has got an awful lot out. And uh, if they're still here and not 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 going to that uh, website to get that guide, so um, Michael, I just want to say yeah, thank you very very much. I know it's um. It's, it's a little bit later in the day for you over there as well. So I massively appreciate you being here. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, all that's left to say, Michael, is happy fishing. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. 
And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rate and review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.